Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Vernary. And I'm John Dackett. Each week, we will flawlessly malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits <laughs> of our past in the form of long-loved movies. And this week... I happen to be humanity's last great hope. I weep for the species. That's right. We are watching Titan AE from the year 2000, directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman. Not Gary Oldman, the actor, but Gary Goldman... The director and John, I feel like we've done this. <laughs> Titan AE. Oh, the memories from years and years ago. It's been so no, long no, like, since. Like, no, uh, no, like this, oh, this the, actual recording. The, I think like, I'm having some deja vu. Like, Anthony, we've recorded this once before. Anthony, did you not hear me mention in our opening how each week we will flawlessly? do all these things yeah. are you are you implying that maybe that was a big fat lie and it's not flawless because one of the two of us the one named john uh didn't actually save the recording of the first part where we talk all about all the times Wait. that we did or didn't see this that's why we're re-recording yeah. the opening of the show yeah god damn it so here's what i think we can do um to those of you listening Another little peek behind the curtain. So much fun. Um, we actually do that first part of the recording of the podcast, like on a Tuesday, and then we come back on a Thursday to record the part where we talk about it. So we recorded that first part Tuesday. I I thought I saved it. I was wrong. So it just disappeared. And so now we've actually seen the movie. So we didn't want to go through and like pretend like re-record this and pretend like we hadn't seen it. We're just fessing up right off the top. But that being said, now we're going to act like we haven't seen it. <laughs> we are. We're going to talk a little bit because there there's a story or two and things that I think, you know, can give you guys some context. Um, because before rewatching this uh, yesterday, uh, it had been a very long time since yes. I'd seen this movie. And I'm. it was the same for you, correct? Yeah. And uh, so long that I I like I, I had remembered enjoying the movie. But I couldn't really remember why I enjoyed it, and that's sort of a point that I had made. And I, well, we'll get into the rest of it later in in the the latter half of the show. But, uh, like I, I remember it having a great cast. Like we have, you know, Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore and Bill Pullman and John Leguizamo, Nathan Lane, so on and so forth. Uh, but I I hadn't really thought about it in a long time and I, I didn't really have a recollection as to why I enjoyed it just that I enjoyed it and then John you had a very interesting anecdote <laughs> that you had told us about which I would like you to go through again see the first time through the story was edited and cut and probably wouldn't have made it because it's embarrassing and Anthony would have you know made sure that I looked okay he would have watched out for my best interests, but that's how I do, baby. That, that's, that's not going to happen. Time not this time. You're going to get the whole embarrassing story, and that's just great. So basically, the movie Titan AE came out, you know, 2000 ish, um, or I, I mean, it did come out in 2000, but the like it was being promoted towards the beginning of 2000, end of 99, something like that. Yeah, and that, that general arena, and like the. When we were, you know, chatting about this movie, how long it's been, and 
I also had kind of a general vague feeling about liking the movie, but not having seen it in a long time, couldn't put my finger on it. But what I could recall is that when I first heard about this movie, before ever even seeing it, it was uh, seeing the trailer for the movie, like in the theater while I was, you know, watching, preparing to watch some other movie as things used to work. If you don't remember how movie theaters and trailers used to work, it's been See, a long one, time. Once upon a time, we used to go to these big rooms and, and congregate together to watch yeah. films on a gigantic screen. It, it It's not going to land. No one's going to understand what you're saying. Anyway, um, <laughs> <clears throat> so Titan A.E., at the time of, of watching this, had this trailer that had come out. And the thing, it just blew my mind. I absolutely loved it. And one of the main reasons that I love this trailer so much... Tell them, uh, tell them. ...was because it had a song it playing in it. A song I had never heard before. But I instantly, I instantly recognized it as one of the best songs ever made ever recorded i i just was i fell in love i was like i love this song i can't wait to find a recording of it and listen to it like oh my god this is this is better than anything you two or led zeppelin's ever done this is this is it this is the rock anthem of all time and the sad conclusion to the story is if you are not familiar with this trailer for titan ae which which i'm gonna post on the facebook and yeah twitter feeds by the way you're gonna want when we drop the episode don't worry about it i'm I'm tempted now not to even say what song it is let people discover it on their own Ooh, that's an interesting thought so let's just say it's possible that some people like anthony might think this is embarrassing enough to make fun of me for it i i own it i i you know i admit at the time at the time i thought this song was just killer i thought it was the beginning and end of everything i really really like this song so you're all gonna have to go check out that uh trailer for for titan ae so you can behold uh those wonders but but like the, the trailer <laughs> is the reason i went and saw this movie in the theater and you know at the time it didn't blow my mind it wasn't you know the matrix or anything like that but I do recall enjoying it, but not having a lot, you know, I probably saw it once or twice after that, maybe because I had it on VHS tape back in the day. But I really, when we went into this, um, I I was like, yeah, it could, it really is one of those rare times when it actually could be a really good underrated movie that no one talks about, or it could be a, just a pile of hot garbage. I just didn't know <laughs> what the answer was going to be. But I think now we have a bit more... Uh, a bit more of an answer to that. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, like you know, I'll you own, so I will also own. Uh I had a a moment when we were talking about the the movie and the trailer in particular and the song in the trailer where I I fully owned the fact that the band in question uh I enjoyed at the time without realizing sort of what well, you, you guys will figure it out. <laughs> the 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 point is is uh it, it's it, it was a weird t- two thousand was a weird time late nineties early two thousands was a weird time and not just for music but for movies too, which we'll get into in the latter half of the show. But uh, yeah, that's really that, that's kind of the point that I wanted to make. So not entirely on John the the uh 
sort of excitement surrounding the film way back when 21 years ago but uh anyhow uh one thing that i didn't mention the first time around when we recorded this i think this is don blue's last feature um i think that he uh at least according to imdb he doesn't have any other feature credits for from a direction or a production standpoint like he seems to be completely wrapped up in like dragon's lair now and maybe remaking it or creating a sequel or like the 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 lore if, if you guys don't know dragon's lair was like a revolutionary arcade game uh back in the 80s that it, actually if you go watch like the first episode of stranger things it's featured in it and it's uh it's it's a very cool uh game that was nigh impossible to beat but uh, it was created by Don Bluth and he apparently is working on like more stuff surrounding it all these years later. Did you know uh, that uh, Don Bluth's cousins met Romney? I did not. Is that true? <laughs> I'm, I'm like 91% sure it's true. I mean, 91% is a pretty good percentage. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Mitt Romney again. No, we are not. <laughs> God, that guy I gets have, enough I've had a dime time. for every talk about Mitt Romney on this fucking show. Like, jeez, I could retire for four seconds. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> all right. Uh, John and I are going to take a quick break while you go and watch this. It's not available to stream for free anywhere, so if you have it in your personal library, go watch it there. Otherwise... Uh, go rent it or purchase it from one of the various streaming rental or purchase services, or, you know, you know how to get movies. I don't have to tell you. Uh, and when we come back, we are talking Titan AE. John, are you ready again? Oh, I can't wait to take a long break and watch this movie before you and I chat another time. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome back, everyone. If you just watched the movie, it's been hours since you've heard our voices. If you haven't watched it, it's been mere seconds. But for us, it's been just minutes, and we are ready whoa, to talk Whoa, whoa, what about... are you talking about? No, that's not true. Hey, did you get a haircut? Something's different. Have you <laughs> grown? Are you wearing heels now? Why is your hair gray? Man, it's been so long. What is what a 2022? Am I right? Right? Oh my god. Wait, what? Okay, no. never mind. Uh Titan AE, huh? Titan AE stands for also everyone. You all Titan everybody? also everyone. Yeah, you just you just talked over my awesome. I did. You're right. Go ahead and do it again. No, I, I Do it again, John. You are everybody. That, of course, was a reference to Lost. Because yes, it Titan, was. Titan A, the, it was Lost, and they had to find it anyway. Ha <laughs> I got you. Now I see. Now I'm with you. Uh let's jump right into it, John. Shall we? Uh, I I see no reason to delay this any further. Excellent. Uh first impressions. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um. It it had a, a bit of unevenness at times, but like I appreciated appreciated what they were uh, trying to do. There were definitely some uh, kind of cool sequences, action sequences, 
nice chases and graphics. Some of them fell a little flat. Maybe they didn't age well. Others did really well. So on the whole, you know, a bit of weirdness blended in with like trying to tell some traditional storytelling that's been told a hundred times before with a slightly new face. So it wasn't exactly as groundbreaking as the trailer, you know, maybe led me to believe. Uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely say it didn't suck. Uh, I would say also that it didn't suck, although I don't think that I necessarily liked it quite as much as you did. Hmm. Uh, I had a few issues with it, it mainly around the acting. Uh, oh, there was acting in this? There, Well, allegedly there was yeah. acting in this. Uh, so voice acting in this film was decidedly not good. Uh we had, you know, you had Nathan Lane and John Leguizamo who have done voice acting before and are good at it. Uh, Bill Pullman at times was okay at it, but for the most part, Matt, like Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore are not good voice actors. They're great, like, live action. Absolutely. I'm 100% on board just about anything that they make, with the exception of Rounders. I'm on board for it. Uh, but it almost sounded like they recorded it as like sound clips for an N64 game and didn't really have an idea of the story that they were trying to tell or the characters that they were trying to portray. And so we just ended up with these weird, flat, un unemotive uh, performances that I, I just I wasn't bought into. I didn't really, I didn't so, really like, and it 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 almost took me. It, it, it took away from the story for me, I think. So you want a movie where you connect with the two main characters? I mean, it would be nice. Well, let me, let me put, if we're going to talk about the voice acting in this movie, let's not talk about the, the, you know, stale, uh, <laughs> acting that, uh, like, like you said, Drew Barrymore and, you know, what's his face? I think it's uh, Dat, Dat. That Manin, something Matt, like that. Matt Affleck or Ben Damon or whoever it is. Oh, um, that guy. No, like, there's definitely something about acting with your whole body and your face, and you're you know bringing something to a role that's like physical, and, and that and embodies the role. And I'm not just talking about like Jason Bourne or you know actiony things, but it's like I thought. I think Matt Damon brings just a certain presence and, and drew it to that extent that I mean, I don't know. I am trying to think of other movies that they might've done voice hacking for, but at the moment I'm just going to say, I tend to agree with you. I, I didn't hate it, but there was absolutely nothing there to like either. It was just there. Um, well, and, and you say, you know, acting with your, your whole body, like a, a great example of that actually is if you go and watch, there's like making of, featurettes and stuff like that for Logan where you watch Hugh Jackman doing the ADR for the big scene where he's running through the forest and he's killing all the agents and saving the kids and all that stuff. And when he's doing the ADR and he's re-recording his audio, like he's moving around and he's like, he's got a fist clench and he's doing these moves with all the, the, the claw stuff and whatever. And like, he's into it and he's really moving around and he like, he's, getting physically excited by this no, sorry that sounded wrong but <laughs> he's he, like he is 
in the moment, and he is Logan, and he's Wolverine in that moment. And I didn't get that same sort of impression from Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore in this film. But what I do want to mention are are some of the other acting performances that are maybe not even as obvious as the main characters because you start off with Ron Perlman. And by by that I mean Ron Perlman, uh, if I... You know, you pronounce all the consonants. I mean, he, he goes by both, but yes. Right. I thought that was just a, a great classic sounding voice, very distinct, kind of giving you the lay of the land, telling you the, you know, that that narrator performance type <laughs> of thing. I mean, it, it just felt right. It was good. Later on, there's another part uh, played by Tone Loke, uh, that tech, that like. Yeah, the, the, the bug armadillo looking guy. Yeah, the um, I don't know what he was, but sure, the guy that was—he was was basically he was Kale's like guardian. Yeah, yeah, exactly him, and like he has a voice that translates well to being an animated figure. Like it's a small part, but like it just fit. But he's done animated features before too, right? That's so part of his bread and butter. You you just have those connections. Same with Jim Brewer, like who was the cockroach. uh, crickety kind of chef guy yeah yeah whatever that was like so like and he's done tons of sound effects and and animated things so it's like it really sometimes i do wonder if there are people who are actors or even people who are good actors who just think oh sure no i could do voice acting i would just i would totally picture it in my head it's like totally it'd the be same. the same thing and totally the same and it's like and you know don't even i don't even mean to knock it because uh I mean, sure, why wouldn't you think you could do that? Like, especially, you know, like, so at any rate, that's just a long way of saying that I, I agree with the performance, but there were, you know, several others that were perfectly good and, or at least serviceable. Uh, sure. But yeah, the two main characters that you're supposed to get emotionally involved with, then you just, you, you don't, you don't really care too much. I mean, well, was there just, chemistry between them? I just wonder... I know I'm harping on the acting, but like we've we've done other animated features on the show, or at least one. We've done Emperor's New Groove, and in every role, like it's you you are bought into the idea that the person who is speaking is that person, whether it's Cusco or anyone else, Isma or or Kronk or whoever. Like you're bought into that that idea, and David Spade at the time, at least, was not necessarily a uh, a voice actor. Same with John Goodman. Same with anybody else in the film. So I just I don't know. It just bothered me. Anyway, what what do you what do you think that Matt and Drew should do to make it up to you? Well. I mean, money is always on the table. Like I'm, I'm willing I was hoping, to accept a yeah, monetary I was you were not reparation go for that. No gross answers. No, 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 absolutely not. Like I wouldn't ask them to clean my toilet or anything. Yeah, that's the worst you could have gone. Right. Anyway, well, I mean, we we won't talk about like what they could do, like what they can do, what they can't do. Like it's <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like obviously. You know, all right. I mean, I had Matt, I had a but, channel. Uh, hold on, don't interrupt. No, it's okay. Don't, don't, John, don't interrupt me. Matt Damon's not going to go to my house and wash my car and do my dishes. He's just not going to do it. 
Like uh, it's well. not going to happen. To to make up for this film, he's not. He's just not going to do it. He just, just look, Matt, Matt, Matt. Can I call you Matt, Matthew, Matthew Damonstein? Just send me a check, dude. It doesn't have to be a lot. Just like five, five, six thousand dollars, and I'm I'm good. Hey, do you All remember right? when we watched Jaws? Jaws was great. I just thought it. We Except for the music. Maybe transition into it. It's an uninteresting topic instead of what we have been uh, doing. So, <laughs> uh, Titan AE, After Earth. What? After we, Earth. The beginning sequence I thought was pretty tense and like that was kind of fun. And then there was the part with the big ice crystals. Which was also fun. So there's some good stuff and, you know, nothing nothing to write home about necessarily. But like even now the, the tense feeling and, and the animation and, and everything that went into some of these moments... You know, it's like, wow, there's still some genuine atmosphere and feeling, just as long as you don't have those two people we won't mention anymore and dealing with their voice acting <laughs> problems. So there was, there was some world building. There was some tension. Um, there were a few, like, shortcuts for the non-human characters, I felt, in, in ways that just didn't feel very interesting or good. But at the same time, you know, they made an effort, and that's fun. Well, with the exception of Goon, I thought the Goon was actually pretty well done. Yeah. Uh, but the others were sort of shoehorned in. Yeah, I, I, I definitely did not, uh, did not really buy into it. I did like the animation. I thought that it was a very interesting mix of yeah. 2D and 3D animation. And you can actually see, like, <laughs> it, it, so the, the, the aforementioned trailer that we will be posting, uh, if you watch that and then you watch this film or vice versa, you will definitely see a difference. Uh, yeah. The film is obviously much more polished and 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 it, it is a very finished product. Honestly, I I I watched the trailer today, and I almost I almost wondered how how we got excited about this because the yeah. the uh the the roughness of the animation in it was was very it, striking in comparison. Yeah, it was, and and the song was cut all weird, and it was cut it, a little weird. It didn't it, you, you didn't get the full gravity of the song? Yeah, it makes you wonder why it won so many Tony awards. <laughs> okay, Grammys. Is that whatever. The, is, is that the award for? Well, uh, at the t- Titan A on Broadway. Oh, oh, right, the Broadway adaptation that Lin Manuel Miranda did. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So again, it's hard to keep coming, you know, back to the thing that you're harping on, um, which was the the voice acting, of course. Um, but the 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 styles, the blend of it, like you were saying, was an interesting choice because it really felt it didn't feel like they had one animation studio do half the film and another one do another half. You know, it was really a blend of some traditional animation with some CG, but then also like some of that, like almost like matte painting, but using that as 3D. Like it felt like, you know, static. There were a few different scenes where it felt like you were looking at a drawing that they were then moving a camera away from. Um, It just kind of gave a kind of interesting, disorienting feel to it, but not in a bad way. So like... Even the very end sequence, it made me think it was almost more like a video game that like does like pre-rendered or, or uh, not pre-rendered, but 
where I have worlds where it's like dynamically rendered as you go, like it has yes. a like generic feel. Um, but it's like at the time, you know, it was cool for having a nice three dimensional aspect to, you know, planet Bob. Um, sure. No, so, I agree. And so I, yeah. I, I think that the elements that you talk about, you, you get these sort of very quote unquote Don Bluth, uh, uh, elements to it like if you if you go and watch any other Don Bluth animated film uh, an example that you gave I don't know if you uh, talked about it in the original recording or oh. not, but uh, it was All Dogs Go to Heaven that got lost like, to time when that, when someone didn't re- save the recording <laughs> what an asshole that guy is uh, but no like uh, the, the All Dogs Go to Heaven if you watch that and then you go watch this like you'll see the animation styles in the 2D scenes at least uh, are very similar. There, there, there are a lot of uh, very common elements between the two. But you know and what's interesting is if you progress on the timeline of Bluth animation. Have you ever seen Anastasia? I have, and that actually was turned into a Broadway uh, musical. But in Anastasia, they had a couple, just a couple CG elements put into the film not much but a few things and they work really cool and they had a neat effect and so it's almost like a couple years prior to titan a he yeah it's like it's like they were they were playing with the stylistic differentiation between what cg can have to offer maybe at the time it cost too much money or they didn't have the number of artists working to really incorporate it on a larger scale but it's funny that they played with it then a few you know a couple years later then they really well actually they probably started working on titan a right after anastasia (laughs) probably um but like the amount of work that you had to put into a a a film any film with cg in it at the time like yeah like you were you were spending a lot of time i remember not that we ever get off topic on this show but I remember watching the commentary or, or the uh, the making of yeah the making of for uh, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, mm-hmm. and like they're talking about how it took eighteen months to render uh, or to 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 like fine tune the the main female character's hair and to get it to move in just the right way as yeah. she moved and things like that. So we we had this period in the the late 90s and early 2000s where you had these animated features that took years to complete just because it it was so difficult at the time. You didn't have the hardware or the software really to to really get what you wanted out of it. And now I feel like, (laughs) and I could be completely wrong, but... I feel like studios can crank out an animated feature in six months and, and you know, be a, a hit. Well, I don't know about all that, but yeah, definitely light and day, huge difference. Um, I've been drinking are, too, so. Well, that's a good point. Speaking of drinking, um, do you have any other favorite movies from the entire realm of Bluth animations? Oh, man, I'm going to have to... Speaking of drinking, I'm going to have to actually look because... All right, everyone. Mind off the top of my head. Take another shot. <laughs> uh, let's see. We'll go with directorial stuff. Oh, Land Before Time. I mean that that's <laughs> that was one of the uh, the the films that were on repeat at my house. Uh, An American Tale was 
uh, one that I I remember seeing that in the theater. Uh, I want to say my mom took me to see it when I was, I don't it know. It would have been like four. Seven or eight. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no. Uh, six or seven. I'm like, do you know what year you were born? <laughs> Not sometimes. Uh, no, I guess I was, I guess I was four. 86. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and this was Anthony figuring out his age. Uh, it's a new segment on the memory distillery. Uh, yeah, I think probably, uh, probably my favorite among his, uh, his resume would probably be an American tale. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of feelings for Land Before Time, Heaven. Uh, I, just like you've seen it, had it on repeat, or someone had it playing, probably my younger sister. Um, and I remember I'd definitely not bother anyone that I know by walking around going, yep, 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 my name's Ducky, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but um, an American Tale kind of has a bit of a classic. I really love The Secret of Nim. Um, just cause you know, it was, I was just yeah. looking at that. And Don Blue seems to have a thing for mice. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, okay. Um, I, I like. I remember liking that just because it had that element of kind of. I'm not going to say it was like the Dark Crystal because it was not nothing like it, but it had some of that darkness, some of the things that you don't see in other kids type movies. Oh and yeah. You you know fast forward and you have stories and things that I would not expect to to necessarily be any good. And then I enjoy them like Anastasia, like we were saying, like I, I liked a lot, but because I didn't get a chance to repeat the story in our intro from the first time around, I could say with all dogs go to heaven that this was definitely one of these movies that was on my younger sister's list of things to watch a billion times. <laughs> and there's just something about the the musical numbers in that and the fact that you have Burt Reynolds as a German shepherd singing. Um, it's just like not a lot. Of, you can't get much better than that. And I haven't seen that silly movie for eons. And I am, I've been tempted several times to watch it again, almost just for nostalgia's sake, purely not even for the show, not for anything, just because not cause I think I'll even enjoy it, but it's like, yeah, that'll bring back memories. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would be, I'd be interested to watch it too. Uh, Interesting. Just because like, I don't think it's been, I don't think I've watched it in the, I honestly, I don't think I've watched it in the past 20 years yeah, uh, or, I, or 30, just, 30 years. It might be actually, might actually be like 30 years, like just before, probably just before we moved from New York to Florida. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitant for a couple it, of so. reasons because one, I don't know if I'll have anything to say about that movie outside of maybe laughing. Um, and even, you know, with Titan A, I, I felt like I don't even know how much I have to say other than just some things about the experience. But then when I look at this resume, I'm like, but I have a stronger connection to The Secret of Nim and An American Tale and The Land Before Time and Anastasia. So it's like, even though All Dogs Go to Heaven has the, the full-on nostalgic I've, I've seen and listened and heard this 8 billion times. There's these other movies where I'm like, but I haven't seen these forever either. And I'd really kind of rather watch something that I, I genuinely thought was good. But American Tale probably just make me cry. Oh, so many <laughs> tough decisions. So. Uh, the Land Before Time is for sure going to make you cry. 
uh, that's a, a guarantee. So sad. Because uh, you so, start off knowing these dinosaurs are all going to die because that's what happens to the dinosaurs. Why did you tell me that? Spoiler. God damn it. Um, I had one thing I wanted to talk about, and then I want to get to this, the, the actual story. Uh, and not, not like in depth into the story or anything, but uh, <laughs> there was a moment when uh, Kale and uh, Akima get absorbed into the, the, the dredge fighter and they mm-hmm. like fly through the dredge mothership that I felt was very reminiscent of Independence, uh, Independence Day. Day. Like I, I got super independence day vibes from that scene i thought it was cool that they could read the subtitles too i did too like you wouldn't think characters in a movie could read the subtitles that we could see but you you would think they would have thrown in any explanation as to how or why they could a hear and b understand the queen dredge or whatever was talking and and uh no no, that wasn't necessary, but you know who cares. I also thought it was kind of weird that the the Queen Dredge wasn't speaking in ones and zeros. Being pure energy, you're sort of digital at that point, and so, so says you. So I, that's true. I, maybe I don't understand. This is dred- alien dred- energy. Dred dredgian. Uh. Anyhow. <laughs> uh So the story. So I feel like the story. And you, oh, there, you, there was you, a story. You, there was a story, and I, you had mentioned like this is a, a story that's sort of been told before in in one form or fashion, but in this particular case, I felt like it had a lot of potential. But, and maybe it was the acting, and maybe it was the, the, the weird kind of, fart rock soundtrack that we got, but. I, I, I think that, that maybe a better leading cast and maybe less like on the nose music uh, and you probably would have had a better movie. Uh, it, 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 and when I say leading cast, I'm really just talking about <laughs> Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore. Like I, I love them in so many things, just not this. But, uh, and God, the music in this movie, I feel like they just like, they went, so we went through this period at, at, again in like the late 90s, early 2000s, where studios like teamed up with every music label they could get to to promote these bands that were not good. Well, let me ask you this have, songs from bands. Have you ever. Have you ever gone to like a state fairgrounds in like the early 2000s and listened to a rock band? Absolutely. Because that's the soundtrack. That's the that talent is 100% agents. the soundtrack that we got in this movie. <laughs> yeah, the talent agents scraped by every rural town uh, <laughs> in the Midwest to get the hardest rocking corn fed, you know, boys to come and just rock their hearts out and poorly lyriced, horribly instrumented. Just it, it really you couldn't even ignore it because they feature it so heavily. They're so proud, you know. It wasn't just background music; it was like cutscenes where you just got to listen to the to the soundtrack. You got to hear the song for a solid twenty seconds of just just listening to it as they cruise through space or whatever. Sometimes more than twenty seconds, or it sometimes felt more. like more than twenty seconds. But the, don't get me wrong; there are some good bands, or at least halfway yeah. decent bands, 
on this roster. You got Luscious Jackson, you got Jamiroquai, you've got uh, Power Man Five Thousand, who maybe not are maybe aren't good, but are well known. Frank Sinatra. Uh, you got Lit. Where was Frank Frank Sinatra? Was that in a different cut of this movie that I didn't get to watch? Oh, they, you weren't watching the special edition. Oh no! Did you get the Did you get the version where? Uh, yeah, the Rat Pack where Corso, where, where Corso was played by Sean Connery. Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's a super secret version that I don't know that was ever ever released uh, on on analog or digital formats. But anywho, uh, yeah, I think that that's really like where I I landed with this movie was like. The story had so much potential. Uh, it, it, you you had every element for this movie to be good, and it just didn't do the job that it was supposed to do. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's fairly uh, it's pretty simple. You just have a the story of you know adventure, coming of age, father daddy issues, abandonment, but then so many dad issues. You're going through emotional cycles and discovering love and finding your place in the world and and all in the midst of like aliens wanting to kill you and it's like yeah like elements of this all very familiar nothing is hard to swallow we've heard variations on this many 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 different times but this could have been its own take on it and it was its own take on it it had a bit of its original feel to it but yeah the execution was never flawless it was pretty good for a few things but it, you know it was in my mind it was okay i did not regret watching this no neither did i so it's just but yeah it keeps coming back to the biggest factor of the the, the flat acting yeah or flat flacting as many people call it full acting um no i think that's a different thing oh man uh so <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> you accidentally hit a button. I accidentally hit the button, but now we have to do but it because it's already the there. Hmm. It's already there. We're gonna do some <sighs> dream casting. Uh, only this time around. So, like, typically we do this for live action films. So I figured, why not do this for a live action film? So if you're doing a live action remake of Titan A.E., who are you casting? Drew Barrymore and Matt Damon because we know that they can they can act better no, I want when it's different, not animated. I want different actors uh, from okay. you. Fair enough. So Kale Akima and Corso originally played by Matt Damon, Drew Barrymore, and Bill Pullman, respectively. Who are you dream casting? Well, I'm gonna start with the elder statesman of the group. Okay. And I'd say for Corso, um uh, I think it's pretty obvious you want someone who can be a bit of a rogue who can play fatherly, but also kind of be a bastard and like, Mm -hmm. you know, just that, that nice balance, a little charisma. You can imagine they're a leader, but at the same time, you know, they're in it for themselves. So I actually fairly quickly settled on Leonardo DiCaprio for this role. Okay. I thought he okay. could really p- pull that off uh, with some nice charisma as well as kind of being an ass, you know, that nice mix. Yeah, I can see that, especially like uh, kind of once upon a time in Hollywood kind of uh, kind of role there. Uh, I had Woody Harrelson 
hmm. for, for for mostly the same reasons. Yeah. No, that's a good pick. That's solid. I, I'd flip a coin on pursuing either of those. Like I could see they both have a, a unique take. I think Woody Harrelson would be a little more brash, you know, a little more obvious. And I think uh, Leo would be just to played it just a bit cooler, a little bit understated, but agreed. They could both be interesting takes for sure. Uh, Akima. So I really kind of thought of Akima and Kale like as a pair, or, or I should say, I wanted to make sure that they had some kind of chemistry and didn't need to necessarily be romantic, but given what we did not get, <laughs> um, from, from this, <laughs> um, I, I wanted to make sure we get some, you know, good connection between the two i went with uh for akima i went with an actress that i think is an amazing actress and for kale i went with someone who maybe is unproven but it could just be fun and so i just went with fun so for akima i picked uh saoirse ronan uh i don't who, know that i'm familiar with. oh gosh she's she's amazing she's she was in ladybird and she was in hannah the the original movie she's in brooklyn she's been in some a bunch of maybe not like big huge mainstream movies she was in the recent remake of little women um but like she she just has this um believability that she brings to roles kind of a vulnerability but um, even way back many years ago when she was younger playing this uh, Hannah who is like this young girl who's kind of trained as an assassin in the woods by her dad. Um, so she can kind of do that action and bring like a, a, a coldness but also a warmth that can kind of go back and forth in a convincing way. And I just thought, yeah, I could definitely see her uh, in this role. And like she's she's fairly oh, young. She I was in say. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. Um, okay. She's and she's like, I'd say maybe mid 20s now. Uh, that sounds right. Eh, close enough. Uh, yeah, no, 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 late 20s now, really, but sure. So, so who do you have though? Uh, so for Akima, I went with Brenda Song, uh, who I thought would be kind of a, a, a fun. Where do I know her from? Uh, you know her from the social network. Uh, she was she's been in a ton of Disney stuff, uh, but she uh, she's currently I want to say she's currently like domestic partners with uh, Macaulay Culkin. Uh, anyhow, uh, she has sort of the uh, the the ability to kind of bring the Akima attitude uh, to to that character, and I think that that is probably what sold me on her the most. Well, cool. We're, we're both bringing people that aren't, that the other's not overly familiar with, but... Uh, <laughs> well, you'll be familiar with my kale. Who'd you have there? Oh, everyone's going to be familiar with my kale, and from now on, they'll be thinking of it as the kale, because no one in this world could ever be a better actor than Harry Styles. Oh... I can see that. <laughs> it just makes me laugh to think about. Like, I mean, I like I like Harry Styles a, a lot. I enjoy his music. I think he's kind of funny. Has a, a fun little chemistry. Very, very interesting style. And like, if you wanted to pick someone who 
is kind of charming, but an outcast, getting into trouble, but not overly competent at, like, handling himself, even though he wants to be super awesome and cool. Like, I could just see him having fun with the role, and I'd give him a chance. You know, I think he'd, he'd want to be proven himself. I think he wants to get into more more yeah, more and more acting. So, hey, why not? Give the kid a chance. You know, I don't. I, I don't see that as a bad pick. Uh, I, in fact, I I think he's a pretty solid pick. To be honest, I actually, if I were gonna pick someone like him, I probably wouldn't pick him. I would probably pick Charlie Heaton, uh, <laughs> who you would know as Jonathan Byers in Stranger Things, the aforementioned Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't I, pick him. I, no. I, I like him, but anyhow, so, who did you pick though? So who I picked was a little more, uh, a little more well known in the acting realm, less in the music realm. Uh, I went with John Boyega. Ah, interesting. Uh, no, no further commentary needed. I think. Right, because he was in that. What was it Attack the Block? Uh well, that's not the reason why. But oh, okay. Okay, well then I guess I do need to explain. Uh, no, because of his uh, his portrayal of Finn in uh, in in the the sequel trilogy of Star Wars, I think that he uh, they're very similar roles, uh, at least in in terms of the delivery of them or the intended delivery of them. Oh, we're gonna have to get into explaining Star Wars. No one's ever heard of that before. Okay, so we're we're, we're too we're too high level. We have to Once remember our time. audience. Our audience likes period dramas. Our audience likes Well, Star Wars is a period drama. It's from a galaxy our... far, far away a long time ago. Okay, you're never going to make Fetch happen. So let's just move on. <laughs> uh, I thought I had a last question here. Oh, if you don't have a last question, then I'm going to eat my socks. <laughs> cool. All right, everyone. John's going to eat his socks for the next three minutes. John, go ahead. It was a small sock. Jesus. It was just not, like on your one toe, or I know you've hey. got fairly normal sized feet. Listen, this may be the first podcast we've ever put out there that's going to have more filler content than quality content and so i had to (laughs) ramp up the steaks and not eat a steak but eat socks because of the steaks which were higher oh man can we just retire this episode already or did you think of your your last question maybe we can pull it out of the fire um (laughs) nope (laughs) all right uh oh you know what so the the year 2000 was probably littered with animated features that were that that, that skewed more toward adults and I, I I feel like this is one of them. What's a better one? From 2000? I would say from the from the late 90s 2000 early 2000s era. So 90s 9703. Oh, I mean, probably an extremely goofy movie. Is that not does that not work for you? Uh, uh, Little Mermaid two. <laughs> Jesus, 
I feel like that was like 96. I feel like that one's outside. All there. right. Um, let's see. Titan A. Uh, no, that's not it. Okay. Okay. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Chicken Run. Oh. Do you remember Chicken Run? I do remember Chicken Run. I don't remember skewing adult necessarily, but. Yeah, I guess it kind of, it's, it's you know, when something's British. Yeah, I think that British, it's claymation. You know, I can see kids being bored with it, so I'll allow it. Oh, no, I, sorry, I was incorrect. Here is the correct answer. Fantasia 2000. That was actually good. I think I, I think I bought that. I, I bought it. I've enjoyed it. It's great. And it, uh, it definitely, I think, skews more older than younger and that it probably doesn't hold the t- attention of as many young people as <laughs> they would have liked. But no, I don't know. Um, um, I mean, there's there's many that I think uh, appeal to kids who wanted to pretend they were older but weren't, like, you know, Road to El Dorado. That's the answer. All right. That's, That's what I answer. had. Nice. Uh, I've, I've, I have solved your puzzle book. You've solved my adult... Nope. No. <laughs> you've, you've solved my... Uh, you've solved my animated film question. I've properly. sunk your battleship. You did. That's our episode, everyone. Thanks so much for hanging out with us each and every week as we distill another favor from our past. Tune in every Monday as we review movies that we grew up watching and that you probably grew up watching and enjoyed, and then we ruined them by reviewing them. Uh... If you would like to contribute to the show in a meaningful way, you can do it a number of ways, some of which John is going to tell you about. I'm going to tell you about the financial way. Go to anchor.fm slash the memory distillery slash don't, nope, slash support. Wait, try that one more time. (laughs) Go to anchor.fm slash the memory distillery slash support. Uh, You can find it in the description of this episode in your podcast player and you can donate to us monthly uh, for amounts as low as $5, and that helps us to create really cool content, to buy new equipment, to modernize our setups so that we can make such great episodes like this one. Hey, John? speaking of great episodes, you all remember that time where you're all sitting in the movie theater and Karma Slave came on, played by yeah. Splashdown? Pretty Fuck. exciting stuff. How about... Like lovers holding on by Texas. And who could forget everything under the stars by fun loving criminals? That's the that's the number one song in this movie. It was uh, top top of the charts. I could literally go all night. These songs just keep rocking and flowing. And any one of them would have paid us for the privilege of being on our podcast. That's right. <laughs> because they would have been that desperate. But no, we we switched it up. We went the other direction. We refused to take money. We wanted quality. And what did we do? That's right. We got Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore as the music for our podcast because it's worth it. It's worth every non-penny that we're not getting because we're not being bribed by bad 90s state fair bands. And while you're contemplating what soundtracks you're going to listen to, uh, outside of Titan AE, which you'll probably have on a repeat for a while once you get into it. Um, 
but we definitely want to hear about these alternate soundtracks that you'd enjoy. Um, email us at thememorydistillery at gmail.com and tell us what kind of music you think it should never be allowed into movies. I think that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> you're definitely going to want to check out our Facebook page for the trailer uh, to the movie that we are reviewing, Titan AE, because <laughs> it's, well, you just get to understand that somehow at one particular point in time, it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And that really says a lot about how sad my life was at that point in time. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're finishing up our space journey uh, next week. So after that, we're going to kind of take a right turn, head in some new directions. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, follow us uh, on Twitter at TMDPod and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words. We we made it through Titan AE, and I'm just grateful because those ice crystals almost crushed us. Yeah. So I'm going to go... We made it unscathed. I'm going to go crack open a cold one and listen to Drew Barrymore d- just read audio books. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm John Deck. Bye-bye. And, and I'm Anthony Bernary, and this has been the Memory Distillery... Stay classy, Planet Bob. That's this. That's my. That's my audition for the. <laughs> For the nanny? For the Titan AE2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing the romantic lead. <laughs> so that's the big emotional scene where I find out that my father figures betrayed me. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Whew, this is rough. This is rough. And rough. Thankfully, we got this, you know, after the close. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely can't see this coming up anywhere embarrassing. No, never. It's I'm certainly hoping when you edit this, I really hope the final product is a nice tight twelve minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll we'll do my see. best to get close to twelve minutes. I cool. no promises. <laughs>